What's up, guys? Evolutionary Radio Podcast coming your way, episode 301. We've got a special podcast on Steve Smith here and Rick in the house. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Guys, so the number one thing on our podcast, we always tell you guys, is you got to be healthy. If you're not healthy, then you're not going to get fit. If you're not going to get fit, you ain't going to build muscle, burn fat, and all that good stuff. So we've got a special episode, part one and a part two. 301, 302. This is 301. We're going to talk about the coronavirus, which is really freaking people out and sending people into a panic. So, you know, yeah. you, you know, Steve, you just want to add in there, guys. Guys, we try to make this podcast what I, I like to call evergreen, meaning if you want to, if you want to binge on this podcast, um, go back, you know, several episodes, it's always going to be evergreen. We, we try not to discuss current events or, or the game or anything that's going to make the podcast dated right? Because we were just researching all the time. We have a ton of info, a ton of good ideas that we can put together and dating them to current events just makes the podcast not as enjoyable to, to binge on and go back and back and back. And that's what I want you guys to do. But since the coronavirus is what's in everybody's mind right now, we just have to, as a service to you guys, research it, get through the information and bring it. And yeah, you know, if you listen to this uh, podcast in the summer of uh, 2020, late 2021, you're going to say, oh, that Corona thing that happened years ago. Oh, well, then, you know, you might want to tune out of this one and skip over to, uh, you know, 300 and back or after 303. But for the next two podcasts, we're going to make it about the current event, which is the coronavirus. And we're going to just, Steve and I have been doing a ton of research on it. We just did a pre-show on it, discussing everything we've learned. And we're just going to bring you guys all of the information, the distilled information of what's really going on with this virus, and really give you guys some good, sensible ideas on how you can prepare yourself and your family to deal with this virus that's coming, and it's going to uh, change some things. So... Let's, uh, let's get on with it. So go ahead, Steve. <laughs> yeah, guys. So the interesting thing that we uh, found out and Rick, Rick found this was that the coronavirus seems to be on a latitude line, which is basically Wuhan, China, South Korea, Italy, the Pacific Northwest, you know, in Washington state. And of course it's now in New York city as of this podcast. So, you know, Rick kind of found that out. So Rick, what's your opinion on that? Why do you think that the coronavirus is, is the hot spots are more along that kind of latitude line? Yeah. So, um, I've been reading through every article that I can, that I can find, uh, going through pretty much every piece of media in Spanish and in English and everything that I can. I ran across a, a really good article, um, where they're talking about how, uh, some experts are finding that the COVID um, the Kobe hotspots are between 30 to 50 degrees lines of latitude north. And uh, that it seems as, as the virus uh, likes uh, the temperature and the humidity um, that is around these, uh, these areas. So uh, apparently uh, the average temperature is about 5 to 11 degrees Celsius in range. And the relative humidity is between 47 to 79%. So it would make sense that if the virus started in, in Wuhan, China, that it would spread down to some of these, you know, hotter, steamier, muckier uh, countries like Vietnam. 
Vietnam and Cambodia and Thailand and Burma. But no, it, it just did a straight line over to, uh, to Japan and then straight line over to uh, Seattle, Washington, and then hopped on over to, to Washington State in New York and then went across to France, then right across wreaking havoc in Italy. And if you just keep going, you're, you're back at Wuhan, China. So this thing didn't spread to some of these other locations the way they, they, they said. Now, mind you, there are cases there. But it's not like a hot spot, an epicenter, like all of the uh, different uh, cities I just mentioned. So it does seem like that this virus, like many, you know, like many, uh, is, um, re- it relies on a certain temperature and humidity range to maybe, maybe really effectively fly through the air, maybe really effectively live on surfaces. Um, you know, even, even something like, uh, you know, the angle of the of the sun also on, on some of these uh, lines, maybe direct sunlight, it's different than in the hotter spots, UV rays. There's a bunch of different things that could be considered, but it seems the virus likes this, the temperature in, in these lines. So that would, that would be a good, I guess it could be kind of good news because then we can hope that by the time the weather changes and it gets a little bit warmer, that it's going to not be spreading as much in these areas once the weather changes there. Um, you know, providing that there's not some, some second, third, and fourth strain that uh, can resist um, the, different, the different climate. But that, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, it's a good article I found. I thought I'd share that with you guys. So, Rick, explain to us what coronavirus is and how is it so different than the influenza virus, which we get seasonally and it changes strains every year. You get the flu shot and et cetera, et cetera, that so many people get. From what I've read, the coronavirus is 10 times worse and it's more contagious than the flu. Is that accurate from what you've researched? So I watched a really good interview on the Joe Rogan podcast. I, I watched it on, on uh, YouTube. And uh, there was a doctor on there, Michael uh, Osterholm. And uh, really, really good at explaining the virus in depth. So a lot of information that I, that I gather, I, uh, I got from uh, listening to his interview a couple of times, actually, and, and taking some notes on it. Now, he, doctor said that trying to stop the influenza virus was like, trying to stop the wind. And the only thing that stopped it was the vaccine. Otherwise, we'd probably still have people dying from it. And even then, even with a vaccine, it comes back year after year seasonally, right? So and people no, do die for it. People, free, people do die from it, yeah. Um, well, there's no vaccine for coronavirus as of yet. And it may still be ways away before there's a vaccine. You know, there, there's, and I read another good article in Wired Magazine, it's three different uh, ways, couple different ways, really, to make a vaccine. You can uh, actually, in, in different cells, breed the virus into a version of itself that's not as aggressive, but still has the same DNA. You uh, inject it into people. Some people might develop a fever from it. Those are those, those inoculations that may or may not give you a little fever. Some people don't. But it's, it's the same DNA, just not as aggressive. And the virus 
your body learns how to fight it. And then when the real aggressive one comes, your body has some experience with it. It, it can deal with it. Also, they can focus on the protein that's at the tip of the, you could call it drill, that the virus uses to inject its DNA into, into the nucleus. Or, um, so that the, the doctors can also identify that protein. And through identifying that protein, they could inject it into your body and your body will develop antibodies to that, to just the protein, again, without making you sick. Or also a way of just having a bit of uh, the virus's uh, DNA um, actually uh, uh, injected into your body and then your body learns how to fight it. It's a little bit less, it's a little bit less effective. Those, those are those shots that you need to get a booster shot afterwards when they just give you pieces of the inert virus um, and let your body kind of kind of figure out this, this foreign DNA. So there's different ways to make a vaccine. They're all different. And uh, they, they, they're just in the phases of figuring out what, what is the best one to take, what first course to take. Um, and then they're going to test it on, on animals that are, you know, kind of humanized animals that have, uh, you know, been modified so that diseases and tests on them are, are more related to uh, what human results would be like. And then they'll go to a hot spot where there's some people affected and get some people to sign waivers and their families to I'm sure, and um, try the vaccine and stuff on people there. I mean, it'll be a process before it's available to everyone. That's for sure. So there's definitely some hope in the weather changing and, and you know, really slowing down its ability to spread across the people. But um, really a vaccine is, is the only thing that's probably really going to make it, make it go away for sure. Because again, we get a flu shot every year and it just keeps morphing. This thing could morph. This thing can change. You know, so, it could, go ahead. But tell us the difference between this and the flu. Is it true that it's 10 times more severe than the flu? Is it true that it's more contagious than the flu? Do we know anything about um, that? You know, I, I, from the research I've done, I didn't see really good, clear comparisons. I could tell you maybe some comparisons as far as symptoms go, but as far as ability to spread the severity, again, the only thing that stopped influenza was the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, we were, we were kind of helpless with influenza until the vaccine. Okay. So how, how is this one spread? What do we know about how it's spread? Because there's been some debate about that. Yes. So yes, debate. Um, I think maybe some of the debate on how it spreads also might have to do with with uh, how it might spread a little bit differently in warmer, colder climates than it does in, in this kind of fine kind of fine line where, where it likes to live in. I think when it's in most optimal conditions, what's probably going on is in most optimal conditions, just speaking in the same room with people is enough for you to put the virus up in the air for people to breathe, take it into their mouths, into their eyes on, you know, where places where the temperature and humidity is right for it to, you know, fly around. It also might live longer on surfaces. Interesting modern society, right? Uh, the virus seems to live longer on metal surfaces than any others. And, you know, because of modern way of living, we're full of metal surfaces everywhere. So, um, it can go from your breath flying into somebody's uh, uh, skin, body, mouth, nose, or onto inanimate objects where we can live. Some places say, again, I, th- I think a lot of the, 
the wide ranges. Some places say it can live 12 hours. I've heard other sources say three days. I think maybe some of the conflicting evidence is it's coming, the results coming from different weather ranges maybe, but it does seem to spread in through the air, at least probably in these cities that uh, where the epicenters are, where, where the hotspots are. It does spread on surfaces. And um, obviously if you kiss somebody, you know, swap saliva with somebody who's infected, you know, it's pre pretty obvious there. So let's go over some of the countries where it's blowing up right now, guys. Um, Italy, it's just out of control. And Italy has shut down everything. I mean, they, they shut down every fucking thing in Italy. And this shit's so fucking out of control in Italy. Just today, and we're not even done with the day, they already have 2,500 new fucking cases. You know what I'm saying? And they already have 250 deaths just today, and we're not even done. Iran, it's also blowing up. They've got 1,300 new cases. They got 100 new deaths just today. Spain, France, and now the UK, it's also blowing up out of control. The UK that was not spreading, but the last couple of days, now it's starting to blow up. And um, we actually, um, our government, our federal government, um, announced yesterday that they were banning travel from all of Europe with the exception of the UK. And now the UK is blowing up. So I don't know what they're going to do about the UK, but if they're going to stop travel from the Europe, they need to stop travel from the UK as well because it's really blowing up there. It's out of control. Now in the US, our cases as of today, we've got 600 new cases and we got a handful of new deaths, seven so far in the day. We're about halfway through the day. So, um, but the problem in the United States, and this is something that Rick, you need to talk about, is we're not testing enough people um, they actually announced today that they want to get places like Walmart, Target, CVS, Walgreens, where you can just go there if you have the symptoms and you can go online and you can kind of make an appointment and you just go in their parking lot and they'll test you. It's like a drive up testing thing Well, they'll test you for it. And then you'll get results like in a day or two. The problem with that is if you talk to any employee of these places, they have no fucking clue about any of this. So supposedly that's going to be up and running in a week or two, but their employees don't even know about it. So I think it's just a bunch of bullshit again by the federal government, just making bullshit up to calm, calm people down ahead of the weekend. But I mean, I'll be damned if two weeks from now you can just drive to Walmart or target and get tested right in their parking lot all over the country. Highly, highly unlikely that's going to happen. So we're not getting enough people tested for this thing, guys. The other problem is the incubation period. We're talking five to 14 days till you even start getting symptoms of this thing. So you could be carrying this fucking thing, spreading it, and you won't even know. And people that you're in contact with won't even know. Go ahead, Rick. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is one thing that uh, uh, the doctor, uh, uh, Michael Osterholm on the Joe Rogan Experience, 1439, I think everybody needs to go in and listen to that, to that episode a couple of times. He said, you know, even with SARS, it would be five days of symptoms before somebody could transmit it to other people. So with, with SARS, right, SARS, you had five days, full days of you having symptoms, you knew you were sick, you could quarantine yourself before you were contagious. With this coronavirus, you have, you're contagious before you get symptoms. By the time you have symptoms, you could have been spreading it for the past five to 14 days. And the levels, 
concentration of actual virus in your um, in your throat, and you know, because they're swabbing throats uh, for uh, for the virus. I mean, concentrations are huge, are high. Definitely, it's it's one of the scarier uh, things about the coronavirus, it, and it's probably one of the things that makes it spread the most. The two factors that, to me, seem like a really dangerous disease in the way that it spreads is how how airborne it can, it can get and the fact that you can go days just feeling dandy before and spreading it to people before you even have a, a little bit of a sore throat that makes you you know begin to question yourself whether you might have gotten it or not so that's really really scary because you can have infected dozens of people before you even get the first symptom all right guys yeah so let's talk about how why are people panicking just in the past day uh, my theory is that two days ago, it came out that Tom Hanks and his wife tested positive for it. So, and there they were in Australia, and Australia has way better testing than in the United States. So, that should tell you if these major celebrities are even getting this, how many are actually well-known people that are getting it in the United States. That should just tell you something right there. Another situation happened, and it was that. Uh, basketball player Rudy Gober and this guy he's a pretty pretty big time basketball player he makes 23 million a year so it's not like he's uh you know some some bench player or something some guy riding the bench he's a first round draft pick back in 2013 for the Utah Jazz he made light of it he made fun of it um when he uh you know played with the microphone and whatnot you know we all saw the video and it turns out he actually tested positive for coronavirus and now one of his teammates has tested positive for the coronavirus. So it's really, really getting out of control, like with, with these sports leagues. And the NBA suspended their season a few days ago. The National Hockey League suspended their season a day or two ago. And then the NCAA suspended the March Madness as well recently. So all these sports leagues are going to not be playing um, we're seeing um, situations where the people who work at these games, the people who we're going to get into the economic impacts on the next uh, podcast, the part two of this series, but it's really, really killing these local markets that depend on all these, not just the professional, the high end leagues like the NHL, NBA, college basketball, you know, that draw tons and tons of fans, but also these smaller, these minor league cities these little towns all across america they have minor league sports or high school sports or college sports and then you know it's 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 all just absolutely destroying um you know the economy you know it's really really hurting people because you know, can't have that well, we'll discuss a little more about the economic impacts in the second podcast but what do you think about uh the nba player what he did rick do you did you did that anger you because if I'm that other player who got it, I'm thinking about suing that motherfucker. I mean, he makes $22 million a year and he gave that shit to me and I only make $2 million a year. So I'm going to be fucking pissed if he costs me like, a, you know, my career because now I can't play because I have the fucking coronavirus. What do you think about that? I, you know, I think the guy was just trying to be, to be funny. I don't think he... I think even in a, in a lawsuit situation, legally, 
he had to have known that he was going to get the virus or that he could get the virus by doing what he was doing. And he didn't think so. He was trying to make, make fun of it. Um, and look, we don't know if he got the virus when he was messing around, you know, in front of the press. He could have gotten it, you know, when he was served uh, lunch, you know, served dinner somewhere days before, days prior, days after, not at the very moment he was messing around. So a bunch of legal angles there to consider, right? But I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, uh, it's another good thing for the media to talk about, I guess, and make fun of. I've seen a lot of memes about it. But uh, no, this guy just tried to be funny and it blew up in his, blew up in his face. Um, but does he deserve to get sued? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's, I don't, I don't see the negligence there. I don't know. <laughs> did, you, did you know that if you have HIV and you know about it and you intentionally transmit the virus to someone that you can, uh, you're breaking the law? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Usher, Usher, I think unless is uh unless it's, it's fake, I think Usher got sued by some girl over, over herpes or something, you know, like he did, <laughs> yeah. Like he never told her he had an outbreak or something, just something really, yeah, of course. So yeah, I thought I read something about that a while ago. Yeah, but like you say, he didn't know. I, so give us give us the worst case scenario, Rick, because I read something. I read it both in the New York Times and The Hill, um, and it's a model from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, that said worst case scenario, again, this is worst case scenario, that we're talking 160 million to 210 million Americans could contract, could contract uh, the disease, they call it a disease, over as long as a year. And based on mortality data and current hospital capacity, a number of deaths under CDC scenarios range from 200,000 to as many as 1.7 million. And along with that, 21 million people may need to be hospitalized. And we only have in the United States 925,000 beds. So what do you think about that? Do you think that's, that's um, bullshit? Or do you think that's really a worst case scenario that could possibly happen based on what you've read and heard? Definitely very possible for it to happen. Again, if we're going to believe uh, what the scientists are proposing with the, with the weather model, it should get better, at least in the U.S., as that, uh, that temperature line of that perfect uh, temperature and humidity moves upwards as the, as the, as the, you know, as the states get warmer getting into summer. Um, those that that temperature range that's not too cold or not too hot for it will move upwards towards uh, up up in Canada is where that line is going to end up. So it it might help some for things to get warmer, but yeah, I mean you're going to have may, maybe as many as half of us might end up getting it. And even though I think people should be playing, and we're going to get into what to do a little bit later, but you should be planning for two things. One, plan to not get it by just following the best protocol you can by staying away from getting infected. And two, prep your body, prep your mind, prep your house to maybe treat yourself and maybe uh, your, your, your loved ones at home for this disease. Prep your body to, to be ready, immune system to be ready to go. I think it's important for everyone to be responsible and do their very best to not get it. Why? Because even though it, as many as, as half of us might get it, 
um, you you will help all those doctors and all those nurses taking care of people if you delay it as long as you can so that we don't all rush the, the emergency rooms and, and the doctors at the same time. So it's really important that if, you, if you're going to get it, but if you can wait to get it later on, uh, why not? But chances are, uh, especially, look, I'm talking to all of you guys out there that are going to the gym every day, okay? Uh, chances are half of us that are out there active, that aren't too worried about it, that keep going on with our daily lives, we might end up getting it. You know, we might end up um, being affected by it. Just like, just like pretty much everyone out there listening to this right now has had the flu at some, at some time, right? Maybe a couple of times in their life, so. Yeah, we're definitely getting more on that in a second episode. But before we do, Rick, we really have to talk about the other big thing about, about coronavirus. In that age, we know that age makes a difference. We know that younger people are not getting it like the older people. And I saw Dr. Fauci, who's one of the government people. He's always, you know, whenever they're doing a press conference, he's always on there. He's a very well-respected doctor. Um, you know, I have, I, I, I think he should grow his some balls and like, you know, do, you know, step up more than he's doing instead of just being a lackey. But um, he, he is a knowledgeable guy. So what we're seeing is death rate of 80 plus year olds is 15%. Death rate for set over 70 in the 70s is 88%. 60s is about 4%. 50s is one and a half percent. 40s is a half a percent. And then the younger ages is 0.2%. And then under 10 is none. We haven't had any fatalities. Why is this, Rick? Um, besides the obvious, like what Dr. Fauci said, in that the older people have a more com compromised immune system, do you think that there's more to it? Because they asked Dr. Fauci, they asked some of these other experts like a week or two ago about this, and they said, oh, we don't know. But now today, Dr. Fauci says, oh, it's because they have a compromised immune system. So they keep changing their fucking story. What's your, what, what do you think about this one? There are a lot of diseases that just don't affect kids as much as badly as they affect adults. The measles is a good example. If you get the measles as a kid, ain't that bad. it's not that bad. You get it as an adult, it'll fuck you up. So it's it's not uncommon for uh, a disease to to use you know the younger population to maybe basically breed, but it only really affects negatively with bad symptoms and death the older people. Also, when you look at that, those, those older range datas, you got to remember that all, everybody will have conditions as they get older. By the time you hit 40, you'll have more, more conditions than you did at 30. By the time you're 50, by the time you're 60. By the time you're 60, 70, you could have already had respiratory issues. You could already have heart issues you're taking medication for. You can already have all, all types of different ailments you're already taking medication for and, and needing to treat on a daily basis. I asked my, uh, my ex-wife because she works at a hospital and, and there's coronavirus victims there now. And uh, she hasn't seen any deaths yet. It's too, too early. It's only a couple there. But I, I asked her, I said, what do you, as far as you know, how are, what's causing the, the death in this disease? And she confirmed what I've already researched and 
everybody's is pointing out to you die from a really bad pneumonia is how you actually go from the coronavirus. You go from a bad pneumonia where you can't barely breathe. Um, I watched a really interesting uh, piece um, where Dr. Ailey Marty, uh, an infectious disease specialist, was on a uh, show, Al Rojo Vivo, Spanish show, Spanish lady. And she um, talked about and described how when your immune system is trying to fight the coronavirus at your lungs, that it will damage some of the lung tissue in the process of trying to get rid of the coronavirus, where your lung tissue would lose flexibility. So the way people end up dying eventually from the virus is from just this really nasty pneumonia where your lung tissue has actually been scarred up and, and been damaged by what appears to be, according at least to Dr. Eileen Marty, a, your own immune system trying to fight the virus. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here, Rick. Um, this is, this is the stats. Um, as you were saying, the death rate, this is the confirmed cases, death rate, cardiovascular disease is a preexisting condition. 13.2% diabetes, 9.2% chronic respiratory disease, 8% hypertension, 8.4% cancer, 7.6%. All these compromise the immune system. If you've got no pre-existing conditions, then the death rate is 1%. So if you've got heart problems, got, if you had, had you cancer or history of cancer and you've got diabetes, you got, if you're already a sick person, you get this thing, you're talking around 10% chance for every 10 people, 1%, one, of, one out of the 10 people are probably gonna die. And that's a, that's a staggering number. I mean, if, we, if, if a million people get infected, just imagine a million people get infected in a, big, in a big state like New York, California, Florida, Texas, any of these big states, and 1% of those, okay, and, and 1% of those people ha are healthy, imagine how many people will die. Now take it up. Now imagine 10% of those million people in a lot of America already has all these problems. I guarantee you, a lot of America already has all these problems. It's very hard to run into someone older than 40 or even 30 anymore who doesn't have heart issues or type 2 diabetes. In fact, we're, we're talking about what, 25% of Americans have some sort of uh, type 2 or pre-diabetic and where heart disease is out of control and obesity. So Overweight, yeah, bad. obese people. Yeah. This, this is going to be bad if it spreads. And that's, and you know, let me end the show by saying this, guys. Like I said earlier, we don't know how much is out there because there's no testing going on. We don't have any testing. So if they would actually test people, you know, the, the number would be so much higher in the United States. It's actually very, very low in the United States versus our population. It's the lowest out of any other country, of any of these countries where it's blowing up. That's because we're not testing people. There's no test kits. You can't get tested. So if they were to test people, you know, then the, the number in the United States would be out of fucking control because of, of all this stuff. So it's really, really scary. That, to me, the unknown is the scariest part. And, Rick, I'll let you finish up the show with your final thoughts on that. The, um, according to uh, Dr. Michael, uh, the way it's spreading now is the cases double every four days. So once it hits a city, it'll um, start spreading to about twice as many cases every four days. 
Um, and, you know, once you have 1,000 people infected, then it goes from that to 2,000, to 4,000 and 8,000. And pretty quickly, when you have 100,000 people infected every four days, then 200,000. So it is, uh, hopefully the, the weather will slow it down. Even on the, on, the, on the show, Dr. Michael didn't think the weather would slow it down. I found from other research I was doing about this theory they have there with 30 to 50 uh, North Line and how that is where it's concentrated in. So it, that gave me hope. And that contradicts uh, to some degree what the doctor said, which he didn't think so. He said there would, there would be no model for it, quote unquote, if that were to happen, if the weather slowed this one down. But I'm hoping that's I'm hoping that's going to be the case. I think um, one thing we should do, Steve, with, let's just do some like general preparation stuff that maybe talk about it that you and I are doing in order to to work through this. Yeah, I I, I want to get into that definitely in part two. So um, I wanted to um, in part two, guys, the next episode we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about supplements to take. We're going to talk about all the closures that are happening with schools and malls and all that stuff. And we're going to talk about the economic impact on how it can affect our community and affect us. So uh, with that, um, I'm going to close up the show uh, for Steve Smee and Rick. This has been another episode. Please listen to part two and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs 